fisting, fighting, fucking crying, drinking, squirting, judging, ranting, camping, riding, thinking, scheming. This is the way, it's the way that we live, it's the way that we live. And I Hi, I'm Reese. Hi, I'm not Carly. And this is To, to Ellen Back. Back. Welcome to the Auto Straddle Podcast, where we recap one episode of The L Word at a time on a podcast that you're listening to right now. This week is a little different because Carly got a really cool opportunity to shadow on a TV show and had to go out of town last minute. So Drew, who you may remember from season two, Lynchpin is um, stepping in and co-hosting with me today. Thank you so much for being here, Drew. Of course. Thanks for having me. It's great. I guess we don't really have to like talk about who you are because like, I mean, look it up. The loyal fans know. <laughs> Google it. Yeah. But you could give yourself like a brief intro. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm a writer and filmmaker and a writer at Autostraddle, mm -hmm. the website. Yeah. Autostraddle.com? Mm -hmm. mm. Not Autostraddle.biz. Oh, actually, now we have an Autostraddle.biz. <laughs> So it's not funny anymore. Oh. Because it's real. .gov. <laughs> yeah. Autostraddle.gov. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> we would really take a turn. Anyway, we're really, really happy to have Drew here with us today. This week's episode, episode 302, is called Lost Weekend. It originally aired January 15th, 2006. It was written by A.M. Holmes, who is one of my favorite authors. Do you Have you read any? Have mm -hmm. you seen... Um, the safety of objects. Mm -mm. You have it? No. It's so good. You should see it. Okay, I will. Go home and see it right now. I'll do it like when we're done. Yeah. But cool. Yeah. So good. Um, she's like bisexual and she is a novelist and short story writer and a memoirist. And I love her a lot. And um, so that's interesting. And it was directed by Bill Eltringham, who lives on a boat. Oh, good for him. <laughs> her. Oh, yeah. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> Love an androgynous name. <laughs> she lives on a boat and has directed some short films, uh, a few episodes of television. Hasn't done anything recently, uh, but is active on LinkedIn. Cool. Just responding to other people's comments and stuff. That's what I found out about her. Usually this is Carly's job talking about the director. Got it. Yeah. Great. Should we dive in? Let's dive into <laughs> this weird episode. Okay, so we open in San Francisco in the Castro, where a lot of men are getting blowjobs. Mm -hmm. And Terry, who we remember from last week's intro as the lesbian who seduced the frigid housewife in her kitchen, right, mm -hmm. is looking for sex. So it's interesting because like watching this, because like uh -huh. it starts with all of like the men, right? Like yeah. I thought that it was like, oh, this person who was like introduced to us as like I guess like butch for the L word yeah. butch like lesbian like is actually like trans and is like oh. is like going to the Castro like with this intention of like trying to like get into like gay male life not nearly that interesting <laughs> no. they just tell her to like keep walking until she gets to the women right which yeah. I don't think was really a thing no, no, I don't I mean not that I know of, but I'm pretty sure it wasn't a thing I was like good luck finding it's a just woman like, cruising for sex in the middle of the Castro. Right past the men. You just gotta right. like walk like a yeah. little bit and then you get there. <laughs> That's how you find women in general. Yeah. Just walk right past <laughs> the men. Um, then she says, fuck me so I forget who I am, which mm -hmm. is always, I love that line. It's a good line. And then there's all this like background 
noise music kind of, right? Yeah. It ruined it for me. Yeah. It wasn't the most memorable <laughs> moment. Oh, first we see Terry cl- uh, connect to Tony. Also, it like ends on like a big cross necklace. Around. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Oh, right. Because like, Yeah, we know where that's going. But, but you don't because of no spoilers. Then we get the theme song mm-hmm. and then we are on the road with Jenny and Max. Yes. They are counting roadkill. She wins the roadkill counting game and deserves a present. Max says that there's a present in the glove compartment and it's a taser. She pulls out a taser. Well, yeah, the gift isn't the taser. The gift isn't the taser. She pulls out a taser and is seems alarmed by it. This is the beginning, in my opinion, of Jenny being... And again, I love Jenny. Mm-hmm. I'm a Jenny apologist. Mm-hmm. But this is this whole episode, she annoyed me. Like, this is the beginning of her completely not understanding what it's like for Max to be gender nonconforming in the Midwest. Yes, correct. <laughs> we will get to that. <laughs> like, Max was like, I have to have this to protect me. And Jenny's like, mm, I don't think you do, basically. Yeah. But then the real present <laughs> turns out to be cocaine. Mm-hmm. And then there's like a little blade with it. And then that sends Jenny into like a moment. Right. I mean, you can just do coke with a credit card. You don't actually need a razor blade. It's true. (laughs) So that was how I felt about that scene. Mm -hmm. And then we go to the planet where Alan Cumming is here. Oh my God. So excited. (laughs) So Alan Cumming's character, Billy Blakey, is like one of my top five Elward characters. Like literally like like after like Bet, Alice, Uh Shane, (laughs) Billy Blakey. He is, I mean, everyone knows who Alan Cumming is, right? I mean, maybe not. I can talk about Alan Cumming. Talk about Alan Cumming. Um, he is an actor and he is a, a legend, pansexual icon. And like, I feel like I first knew him for playing the MC in Cabaret and like yeah. the Rob Marshall, Sam Mendes, like revival that sort of like reimagined what we think of as Cabaret on stage today. Yeah. Um, and he actually came back to do it again a few years ago. And I got to see him twice. It was amazing. He's 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 a great he's just like he's great. Yeah. You can also see him walking his dogs around <laughs> the East Village. And I've also seen that. And he's just a really special person. Yeah. So Kit has brought Billy into the planet to help improve their nightlife. I guess like they've made all the money they possibly could from overpricing pair of cards. <laughs> and now they're on to something new, which is, you know, more like events or whatever. And he is arranging an event for that night. He tells her that he's more qualified to do her job than she is, which I was like. But then he goes, joking in his accent. And he's like wearing a cute little hat and has like a polo shirt with an anchor on it. And like, you're just like, I can't be mad he at you. He also was drinking out of a, water out of a straw, I think, or like a green juice with a straw. Yeah. And he says that Carmen is going to be DJing that night. Then we cut to the LGBT center where. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Alice. So it's a like a love and a love addicts support group, it appears. And Alice is saying that she thinks she was involved with Lisa because guys are easy and can never break her heart. Which does break my heart. So <laughs> and uh that it's her birthday and she wants Dana to bring her a little prezi and kiss her eyelids. At which at which point everyone else in the room is like, get a grip. Yeah, it's painful. It's so painful. And she says everyone would understand if they knew what incredible sex they had and that Dana will be back because their love was so true and so intense. 
And I would like to say that I don't think that Dino's going to be back. I don't think so either. I don't know. I like when I first watched this episode, I yeah. like, I remember this bothered me so much. I was yeah. like, I was just, I was so upset. And this time around, like it, I just felt like this like deep pity, <laughs> just like deep, deep pity. So she does look cute in her glasses though. And her t-shirt playing with a Diet Coke can. It's true. That was a cute look for her. Mm-hmm. Then we cut outside, probably filmed a month later. Where Helena's on the phone with her kids, I think. And before anything else happens with Alice, as soon as she hangs up the phone with, with her son, she goes like, I wonder if most little boys get that excited about the ballet. She does say that. I love that it's just like, they're like, well, we don't want the Helena we established who is like this mother to be uh-huh. on the show. We want right. this new Helena. Right. We need to like have some bridge. So like, oh, she's on the phone with her kids. Like yeah. they're somewhere else. They're in New yeah. And she thinks her son might be gay. Yeah. And then Alice is like, I'm sorry, I'm such a gross bisexual love addict right now, which is really funny. I lo- So I like, as much as I hate all the Alice, like, I don't even know what, how you want to describe this, like her obsessive love addiction. Yeah. I <laughs> yeah, love, it's an addiction. I love Helena, uh-huh. like going to a tarot reader who's <laughs> like, you're like giving these very specific, you know, whatever. Really realistic tarot yeah. reading. Um, and, and then her being like, I, I, I'm supposed to like fall in love with with a brunette who has a blue car. Well, I have a friend who's spiraling, who is a blonde who has a uh-huh. blue car. So like, it's probably her. Yeah, I just have to fix her. It's it's like, yeah, I, I think it's scary for me because I feel like I don't relate to Alice's spiraling, but I think I do relate to the like, I'm being a really good friend. Oh no, I think I'm in love with this person. No, I'm not. It's just my tarot reader, you know? I feel like if I was, Helena, like if I had access to like unstoppable wealth, yeah. I would spend so much time trying to use my money to help all of my emotionally distraught friends get through their breakups to the point where I would lose all sense of my own self. Yeah, same. That checks out. You know? Mm -hmm. Anyway, so speaking of that, (laughs) um, Helena has hired Janice, which is a lesbian name, from this fantasy of a lesbian cleaning service. Yeah. First, Alice thinks that Helena hired her sex worker, which I thought was... It's like sort of hilarious. Yeah, because also that would be a good present also and no. i would love my sex worker to show up in a in like a one <laughs> like a work suit onesie from wild fang i guess uh, but she's a cleaner so she's gonna go clean alice's house also she's a big fan of the chart which, world's worst radio show back to the road trip jenny is taking polaroids jenny tells max that he's beautiful jenny tries to give head while they're driving mm-hmm. And then they run out of gas. And also, like, Max is like, oh, my, like, girlfriend used to get, and and she's like, I'm not your ex and I'm not your girlfriend. And it's, like, really intense. (laughs) Yeah. And Max is like, look, it's all, like, sad. And I'm like, oh, Max, that's, (laughs) you should know this is when the the, the flags are there. Yeah. 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 I also feel like for Jenny, because, like, she's still so new, there's, like, this, this, like, over eager, annoying thing that she's doing where she's like, you're beautiful. Like I see the beauty in you in like, yeah. in like your version of womanhood. Right. And yeah. Max is like, no, can you use other yeah. words, please? <laughs> right. Yeah. Which I think is fair of Jenny to do. Cause she doesn't know that Max sure. is trans, Totally. but like, and it's not clear how much Max knows either. That's fair. But it is, it is a little weird. It's very weird. Yeah. But also how did they just run? Like, why are they, why did they run out of gas? Also, it's very unrealistic because we've already established that Max is very smart about yes. like knowing what it's like to be gender nonconforming in these places. Yeah. So I feel like 
I don't know. The one There's time no since coming out, out that I've like driven through like rural areas, yeah. I was like constantly checking the gas and was yeah. constantly like we are we're like we're not running out of gas on the side of this road. Yeah. So that felt unrealistic. But I've, you know, it's what we need to move the plot <laughs> along. So I've done a cross country road trip like from California to Michigan and from Michigan to California both times with then girlfriends who were like soft butch like or you know gender non-conforming mm-hmm. and like it was something we were conscious of the yeah, whole time like an awareness okay um <laughs> then we go to alice's where the less cleanup person is dusting with a duster which is like the only cleaning gesture that anyone in the l word is familiar with since they all have housekeepers i guess <laughs> and then she finds the shrine yeah and then helena finds the shrine yeah and just like alice Jesus Christ. Alice is comes out of the bathroom. She are, is smoking a joint. So she was smoking a joint in the bathroom. Yeah. And now she's coming out. And Helena's like, this is a bordering on psychotic serial killer obsessive type shrine. It's very generous. Yeah. <laughs> like, Alice isn't even embarrassed. It's just they're it's just like there are ways like I know that the L word like likes to have its jokes and uh-huh. likes to take things too far, but they're just like there were just ways to make it like mm. A picture of them and then I'm sure you talked about this like the the cutout mm-hmm. and so like if she just was still holding on to the cutout yeah you'd be like that's not good yeah but like the the like collage is so much it just feels like one step too far for like a joke that just makes you sad yeah and then they fight about it but then Alice puts on like this the pink um like the leather mask and it's funny yeah, well, because then she's arguing, like, Helena's like, we need to get you over, Dana. And she starts arguing, and then Helena closes the, like, the mouth <laughs> flap, the, like, mouthpiece. And it's, it's like, fun. And yeah. it's, like, you know, it's, like, oh, maybe they could work. Yeah. I feel like, again, I feel like Alice You're really shipping. Anyone. I, I ship, like, really, like, Alice and, I think, and everybody. Yeah. Like, I think Alice has chemistry. Alice would be good for everyone. I think, like, Leisha Haley's just, like, is just that gay. Then Helena says, I have an idea or like she says she has a plan and there's no way that what happens next is Helena's plan, but I guess it must be. <laughs> okay. Well, do we want to say what happens next? Yeah. Um, okay. Say it. Um, well, so Alice goes to the planet uh-huh. and With the box. Dana and Laura are there and she pours out a box of mostly sex toys. I saw like a couple pictures in there too. Oh, really? And she goes, I didn't have a chance to wash everything and then walks away. Yeah. Which I thought was pretty hilarious. <laughs> but also, um, yeah, it was a power move. Yes. I think, um, to be like, hey, Lara, this is the kind of sex me and Dana used to have. Yeah. Do we think that Dana has taken any of that with, to her relationship with Lara? Like, no. No, not at all. You think it's like the most vanilla vanilla sex yes, ever? absolutely. And then we go back to the road where they have um, stopped mm-hmm. their vehicle because there's no gas in it. Mm-hmm. And they have to pee. And uh, Max pees standing up which he says he's done since he was little. So I think this is, uh, you know, wink, wink. So as someone who has a penis, uh-huh. I was like, I'm curious, can you do this? And so I Googled it. Uh-huh. I don't know if you if you already know this information and this is just like common no, knowledge that I'm not involved in. Um, <laughs> but I was like, because I was curious about that. <laughs> no one's told you. Uh, no one's told me the secret <laughs> of how cis women everywhere and trans men and non-binary people with those parts are... Uh-huh. Being standing up. No, but it was like there was like a how-to guide that like right. had this like very specific process. So I was like, cool. Yeah. Good I, to know. But I mean, I certainly can't do it. I can barely pee squatting without peeing all over my own <laughs> shoes and pants. You know, I was I was terrified for Jenny to pee in her shoes. I was just <laughs> anyway. Um, she probably did. <laughs> and he also says his dad popped him one when uh, 
Is it, I mean, it's kind of, this has been, she's played like three parts. Obviously acting is not her like passion. Yeah. I mean, I just, I don't know. I, not to like, <laughs> so like I'm pretty vocal about feeling like people should generally be cast as the genders that they are. Yeah. And, um, and like to the point where it bothers me when cis people play people who are non-binary. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, I think I know that she identifies as like, gender fluid or gender queer Mm -hmm. um and i feel that in the performance especially like and i'm not gonna spoil anything later but like especially early on when it's not like when when max is still just like sort of figuring stuff out and i feel like she does a really nice job i think it's complicated because like obviously i wish that in the original series that they had had like trans male actors playing the trans male parts and also that like maybe those characters were there in the beginning and we didn't have a transition story and blah 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 right but i do think given the limitations and also given the time period and how like at that point like the vast majority of trans parts were played by cis people the fact that like this trans part was at least not played by a cis person i feel like i i feel that in these like early moments and um I don't know. I think it, I think like, I think she does a really nice job. So then an RV pulls over and the couple who gets out thinks that Max is a guy and Jenny starts to correct yeah. them, which again, I was like, oh, don't do that. <laughs> Just awful. Stop. Yeah. Um, and assumes that he's her husband. Right. That was weird too. Yeah. And then they ask if they want to eat their fried chicken, which I would have been like, absolutely not. That was honestly, of all of the things, that was the weirdest thing to me. I just was like, I was like, wait. And they were just so quick to be like, yep, we're getting in this strange RV. Like, I I was like, I don't, I don't know if you should eat that. It probably has poison in it. That's what happens in the Midwest. This, this could be those couples. They drive around and they murder people. And that's how they get them with fried chicken. You know, they ask Max what his name is. And he says, it's Max. So that's the first time that we hear him called Max. It made me like wonder like, oh, is this like, I assume this isn't the first time that like he was like correctly gendered yeah, and that he's like had this name. And I, I like, it felt like it didn't feel like a moment where he was like, Max, like yeah. it felt like, no, he was good to go. Like he had that name. Yeah. That was always like his name. Yeah. I thought, which it, I, which I I thought I it was for sure. Cause I thought it could have been like done in a really corny way. Yeah. <laughs> like he looks yeah. around like, where's there a street <laughs> uh, sign? Man? <laughs> Wilmington. (laughs) No, yeah, I like that. I thought it was good. Today's episode of To Ellen Back is supported by MCD, the publisher of High School, the new iconic memoir by the iconic musicians Tegan and Sarah. A revelatory and unique coming-of-age story of Sarah and Tegan Quinn, identical twins from Calgary, who grew up at the height of grunge and rave culture in the 90s, well before they became the celebrated musicians and the global queer icons we know today. Written in alternating chapters from both Tegan and Sarah's point of view, they dive into unsparing accounts of the drugs, alcohol, love, music, and friendship they explored in their formative years. They grapple with their identity and sexuality, often alone while facing academic meltdown, their parents' divorce, and the looming pressure of what might come after high school. Katie Lang calls it the kind of empathetic education our society is starved for. Tegan and Sarah have long been a linchpin of lesbian culture, even appearing in season three of The L Word, which featured their music twice. That's actually when I heard them for the first time, but I didn't become a Tegan and Sarah super fan until a very good friend gifted me all of their music. And that very good friend, that was me. It sure was. 
And only a few months later, we were in the VIP section at a Tegan and Sarah concert at Webster Hall when Reese got so excited when they played Living Room that she almost killed me. I sure did. Luckily, she narrowly missed smashing me into a glass table I was standing next to when she tackled me. And thus, we're both here today to implore you to do what we know you love to do. Read compelling lesbian stories and support independent queer media. All the Tegan and Sarah concert banter you know and love, but in a book you can have and hold. So run, don't walk, and go get Tegan and Sarah's high school everywhere books are sold. Go now, go. Seriously, go. Go. But keep listening to this on your, like, driver walk. Yeah. Then we cut to the planet, which opens, I think, with Kit telling Shane and Carmen that they're so hot together. Which, like, true. (laughs) It was just true. But I was like, what's happening? (laughs) And then Bat and Tina, Bat was like, at least someone's getting a little something something, I think she said. That's right. So that is to establish that in case we didn't pick this up already, Bat and Tina have once again acquired the virus of lesbian bad death and are no longer engaged in sexual activities with each other. You know, Carmen is, despite the fact that Billy earlier in the episode said that relayed information about Carmen's set. Very confusing. Carmen, for some, how, somehow in this scene, doesn't know yeah. that Billy has been hired. But anyway, so there's a lot of exposition here. Like, Billy is like the hottest promoter in LA. And um, Shane and Carmen can't go to the birthday party because they're going to Carmen's cousin's quinceanera. Again, somehow no one at this table has heard of quinceaneras before. And they're all like... They doing live this in thing Los where Angeles. they're like where they're like saying the word like they like they haven't heard syllables before, let yeah. alone like it, it's so so annoying. Alice and Helena walk in, and Alice overhears a little bit of what they're talking about and thinks that the conversation about Angelica's half birthday party that's coming up, half year birthday party, six month party, yeah, is a birthday party for Alice. Mm-hmm. But what Alice doesn't Remember, is that no one in this series has a birthday. I was trying to figure out. I was like, wait, so then what would Alice's sign be? And I was like, no, this show doesn't exist in months, so I cannot figure this out. Yeah, and what do you think Alice's sign would be? Ooh. She might be a Libra. Um... That would like, uh, yeah, I don't, I can't argue with that, but I would love to know. I mean, I would love to know what people who actually like know what they're talking about would think. I'm sure someone has gone through the characters of the yeah. L word to come up with Maybe what even signs, on our website. I'm sure. <laughs> um, if we haven't, we should probably do that. Yeah. So she comes in with Helena and Alice was like, oh, can Helena come to the party? Um, and then Shane talks about them in third person. Shane's like, oh, they're always hanging out talking about Alice and, <laughs> and Helena. They're standing right there. Bet is like very unhappy about uh, Alice's suggestion to invite Helena. Well, she then stands up and uh-huh. says to Helena, like, <laughs> if you want to come, I feel like I wrote. She in- says, if you don't have, if you're not, like, if you don't have anything else going on. So it's sort of like a half dig. Yeah, but it's like, I think it's progress. I wrote yeah. in, in my notes, Bet and Helena begin making up. <laughs> but when I first glanced out, I thought it said Bet and Helena begin making out. And yeah. that would have been a better Ecstatic. scene, I think. Yeah, yeah. Right. I feel like what is missing here is that. Bet doesn't know yet that this is not the same Helena from season two. She's a new character oh, now. They didn't tell her. No, that every like, I don't think they tell anyone. And this happens every season. Yeah. Every season, she's a whole new character and no one talks about it. I mean, I think a lot of the characters are this way. And that's part I think of, Helena's the most profoundly this way. No, though. for sure. But it's part of why like coming up with what astrological signs they yeah. all are is really difficult because right. like it depends on the season. Yeah. So we are at a truck stop mm-hmm. in the cunt is somewhere mm-hmm. and 
a girl tells Max to get out of the bathroom and Max is like, I'm a girl, so I'm allowed to be here. And then it becomes, um, so she like starts yelling at him. I don't remember the exact specifics and my notes are really all over the place. But she like gets her friends involved. Well, so she has like, they have the encounter in the bathroom. Right. And then she leaves and is like throws this very like, you know. Again, Jenny should have gone into the bathroom with Max. Yes. Like that's that is etiquette if you're dating a non-conforming person, yeah. gender non-conforming person. I mean, you go to the bathroom with them. I guess it depends. Like maybe Max again, being I'm being so generous. So why am I being so generous? But I was like, maybe Max was like, no, I don't want you to. But no, no. Jenny absolutely should have. Yeah. Um I mean, I suppose Max could have asked and But then when I'm not gonna be generous to <laughs> Jenny is when so then <clears throat> Max gets out and gets in the car and Jenny's driving and oh my God. is like we need to leave yeah, right now. Yeah, Max is like, and, we need to leave. And she's like, turn the, Why? she's like, Why? Can't we Why? eat our lunch? Can we eat our lunch here? And then um, the girl in the, from the bathroom like goes up to her friends who are like mostly guys or all yeah, guys. Yeah, all guys. And, and they start like, they start like shouting things at the car and are like, because she's like, that, that person or that like, that, that he's, that's a like, faggot or Yeah, whatever. it was like in the car and then they're all like, oh, must be a faggot and are like shouting faggot at the car. Yeah. Um, and then, like, again, even <laughs> then, Jenny's, like... Does nothing. Does nothing. Like, put, They you, pull him you, out of the car. Like, she's she's in the car. She could... Before the person approaches, she should, tr- like, go reverse. Yeah. Get out of there. Yeah. And drive. she does nothing. Drive. You're it in is, a car. You can drive. Um, and then, yeah, he pulls Max out of the car. Yeah. Um, and is, like, is, like, beating him up. And then does... Does Jenny like pull him away? And then, but no, then, he's like, don't get, don't like get over, like, don't come over here, Jenny. Like, you know, cause he doesn't want her, to, mm-hmm. he cares about her yeah. um, well being. And then I feel like it's not apparent where Jenny is because they're building up to her then well, showing up with the taser. Well, because, yeah, because, but then he's, with her laser gun. And he says something, though, I think even before that of like, if you want, like, if you want like a, a real man, like, yeah, like he's what I think. Yeah, they're they're like also harassing Jenny that yeah. they're saying like I you know you can be fucked by a real man or whatever. Yeah. Which and Jenny's probably like uh, I was. His name was Tim, <laughs> and it was super boring. Yeah, I thought about Marina the whole fucking time. Yeah. Oh Tim. <laughs> um, and so then then she comes around with the taser with the laser sh- laser shooter uh-huh. paintball gun and <laughs> tases the well, guy. Well, so then he like lets. Like he lets Max go and then like she could have walked away. But then she like as he's walking away, she like shoots him in the back, which is like good, which is like, yeah, it's like this, this scene really sums up the things you love about Jenny and the things you don't <laughs> yeah. love about Jenny. We're not faggots. We're dykes, you assholes. I love that about Jenny. It is. That line it's is amazing. It's it's one of my like favorite lines. Yeah. I was going to say in the L word, but I feel like ever because also yeah. like as a trans woman like yeah. who's fairly androgynous and chooses to be so like, I don't know, like I I get hit on yeah. by gay men mm-hmm. and I also get harassed by straight men in the sense of like thinking that I'm like just like a gay dude. Right? right. And so, which I think is pretty common, especially like when I was first coming out, but really still now, yeah. depending on what I'm wearing. And like, I think about that line all the time. Right. Um, because it's like, I don't know. I want it on a t-shirt or it, it is. I have it on a t-shirt. You do? Yeah. Oh my God. That's amazing. I mean, it also fits Jenny. Like yeah. this thing is like, I'm not, there are, it's like, there are these, like, there's two categories, right? There's like, and this is something I think about a lot with Max where I'm like, there's this character is poorly written because mm-hmm. the writers are all cis. And then there's this scene is hard to watch because the characters, like the other characters like aren't being aware or mm-hmm. aren't being understanding or are ignorant or whatever. And I do think a lot of times, I mean, you know, I'm a, Lisa apologist. So like, what do I know? But like, but like, I do think a lot of times, especially early on, again, not to 
spoil anything specifically, but uh, like early on, I think like a lot of it's like the other characters being like mm-hmm. not like knowing anything and being transphobic. Like yeah. I, I think a, like some of the actual just like handling of his character feels okay. Yeah. Especially for the time. Mm-hmm. Then um, we go to the planet for Las Vegas Cabaret Casino Night hosted by the MC. Yes. Um, I wrote down his opening <laughs> speech, if I can say Oh, it. yes, please do. Um, I mean, just the beginning. It you is. don't want to say that. <laughs> well, no, I mean, I, okay. Um, girls, boys, uh-huh. punks, freaks, butches, femmes, kings, queens, trannies, trainees, ladies, gentlemen, I am Billy Blakey. <laughs> um, so I have two questions. Well, okay. So first of all, this is the first time that Tranny has said in this episode, but it is not the last. <laughs> um, and then what is train? What is, is that like? Trainees? Yeah. I think he's just like, joking, making a joke like, about trans people. Oh, I thought it was like, like people who are new. <laughs> oh, I mean, yeah. It's like you're, when you first start the macaroni grill, like at first you're a trainee. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Like, and I was like, I was a developer. So that meant I trained the trainees. Oh. Yeah. Impressive. So that's it's it's about me and, and my career history. The yeah. background girl. Mm-hmm. Um, but also like it's like even though like obviously I'm not like thrilled about the use of that word <laughs> in the context like he's just he's so I just love him in that <laughs> mode and I just I love Alan Cummings so much. Also he's wearing like this amazing headpiece <laughs> and a corset where his like nipples are out yeah. and like dark eyeshadow and like a and like chains like attached to his neck that go to bracelets uh-huh. and he's wearing assless chaps with uh-huh. glitter dollar signs on his ass uh-huh. and then platform glitter shoes. Uh-huh. So like, you know. But then he does he, he makes out with a random girl. Mm-hmm. Um and then he holds up a string of condoms. <laughs> yeah. And says, as for me, I'm off to a Little League game. He does say that. He does say that. That's really bad. Uh, is that before or after he talks about celebrating the snatch and venerating the vagina? Um, that is before. Oh. Well, you know what? I'm just glad we've gotten a lot of uh, vagina words in, in these yeah. first two episodes of this season. And that's important because we should be venerating the vagina. It is complicated for me because, like, obviously, like, they're trying to create this character that's yeah. shocking. Right. And so, given the fact that sometimes when they're not trying to be shocking, the L word is Enough. wildly <laughs> offensive. Yeah. So, like, it's like he's saying lots of things that I maybe don't fully approve of, but then he's Alan Cumming. And yeah. it's, it's really <laughs> complex. And I don't mm-hmm. know what to say. Except that he is charming. And yeah. he's a great MC. Yeah. And, you know, he conflates genitalia with gender. A lot in this. Yeah. But then this is just a quick cut. Yeah. To, this feels like it feels like a children's play. Dur, dur, dur. Oh, is this it? Yes. It's just a typical <laughs> small town gay bar. OK, let's go inside. Yeah. That's Jenny and Max on the road, by the mm-hmm. way. They found a typical small town gay bar, which, by the way, don't exist anymore. R.I.P. I mean, I think a few of them do, but very few, if any. We go back to the planet. I didn't know how to take notes on this scene because it was weird. Because a lot's going on. Yeah, it was like Shane gives Bet advice on how to play a game. Uh, there's like a this butch femme couple. And one of them is like, who's my tiger to the other one? Bet is upset about Billy, um, who says that Bet looks lucky tonight. Or someone says Bet looks lucky tonight. I don't think it's... Helena the, says yeah. Bet looks lucky tonight. I wrote down that Billy has a man on one arm and a woman on another arm uh-huh. and that Bet wins roulette. Those were the things that I thought were important. But also I think it's like Bet is Bet is like upset. I think right. that is what we're establishing is that like Bet is nervous Unhappy. and worried about whatever. I mean, we know, but you know. Right. 
But she wins. Yeah, she a, wins. She wins a lot. I mean, I don't know like what. I don't know how to worth, gamble the but, poker chip like but like time but like dice. she puts like a whole stack on yeah. but a number. But is it Shane's stack? Well, she like gives it, and then Beth's like, here, take this back. And Shane's, Shane is a, consistently a great friend as yeah. we've established. Then we go back to the small town gay bar where Jenny is dressed up like she's in a traveling babushka in the Russian hinterlands. I don't even know if what I said just makes sense, but she has this like wrap on and then this uh-huh. like glittery purple dress. Yeah. I know that that's not the point of the scene, but I was like, what's no, happening with you right now? <laughs> right. It also stands out because of, I mean, maybe it was, maybe they were like, we need her to be in something that stands out in this small town <laughs> gay bar that she doesn't belong in. Uh-huh. Uh, and then, and then they like usually aren't very good when it comes to like normal clothes. No. <laughs> so then it's like, yeah. well, I should say, most people don't think so. I'll defend a lot of those outfits because they're so bad that I think they like come back around to yeah. being good. Like you were talking about with, um, I don't remember what yeah. item That's it a was. quote from Ghost World that something goes all the way from bad to good. To... That's a great movie. So anyway, uh, they're doing tequila shots at a bar and then a girl who's wearing 30% of a shirt checks out Max and Max like goes and dances with her. Yeah, Max asks her to dance. Yeah. And then Jenny saddles up to the bar, orders, does not pay for uh, two tequila shots, drinks both of them. Okay, wait, but it's, there's no, that's like not exactly what happens because okay. what happens is she's, I think she's with like, she's not by Max when he asks right. someone to dance. So she orders two tequila shots uh-huh. and then she looks over and sees that Max is now dancing with someone new and then she takes both of their shots. <laughs> like the cut, like it seems like to me that she got a, like another shot for each uh-huh. of them and then just like very casually is like, well, I guess I'm drinking both of these and then going to do a Jenny thing, yeah. which I really liked that moment. And then she goes and is like, I basically pulls Max away. And she's like, oh, I didn't know you guys were together. And Max was like, we're not at the same time. that Jenny's like, well, now you know. Yep. So things, they're not communicating very well. Not at all. At all. Back to the planet for Volvo Las Vegas, uh, where Bet is also upset about the I'm on my way to a Little League game comment. Mm-hmm. We witness a drag king and Margaret, are these real? Yeah. They are? But yeah. So they're recreating. It's from Viva Las Vegas. Oh. And it's like Elvis and Anne Margaret. Um, I didn't know that. Yeah. Did uh, you know that the, the sign behind them said Volvo Las Vegas? I didn't catch that. No, but. It does. Great. <laughs> then Kit's son shows up. Um, and he hates it. Yeah. He calls them freaks. And he says that Kit is bringing freaks into her establishment. And then Billy it's like, well, I was going to fuck you, but now I won't. Yeah. He says, I was thinking of shagging you, but now I realize you're not a very nice fellow. <laughs> but in his voice, which yeah. I like, I'm not going to try to do because I would ruin it. But it's, it is, it's important. It's an important aspect of that. And then Bet's like, this is Kit's son. And then Kit is annoyed at her son for being homophobic this whole time. Yeah. Again, like we said last episode, I think it's super problematic that they've had four black male characters on this show so far and three of them have been homophobic. So anyway, I hate this. And Kit tells David that it gives her joy to see people living the life they love and loving the life they live. So that's great. Kit, Which, lo- Kit loves gay rights. I also, when, when she said that, um, my brain immediately thought of, uh, the lyric from nowadays from the musical Chicago, but apparently it's actually a Bob Marley quote. Oh, really? Yeah. Which, huh? I mean, or it's just a thing that people say that then was attributed to Bob Marley. I would, if I ever said it, I'd be like Kit Porter quote. Well, that's how that's how this happens. But and Bet is annoyed at Kit for for like trying to school her son because 
she has a plan, which is to have David like, yeah, vouch. Which for like them. I was in, I was like feeling very frustrated with Bet because Bet yeah. does have like a. It's weird, like she can have like a bit mm-hmm. of a conservative streak, even though she's like, yeah, you know. And so that's what I thought was happening. And then it's like, no, it's that she's really anxious about, you know. And it's like she shouldn't have to be. It's it's so difficult because there's all these things around the like adoption that are i'm sure you like talked about like the the like adoption worker who Mm -hmm. was there and like how ableist that character is Mm -hmm. and and so it's like it's so frustrating that it's like this storyline that should be about like the homophobia of the fact that like bet it's like such a process for bet to be the mother of her own child becomes like about these other things and Mm -hmm. and like it, it just like takes away like in I don't know. It's just, it's so frustrating that like homophobia is put on other marginalized identities. Yeah. They should have just had Billy Blakey come, <laughs> you know, and be the man in their life. You know love, what I mean? I would have liked to see that. What about Mark? Where's Mark at? He's a stand up gentleman. I know where Mark is. Did you kill him? I killed him. <laughs> yeah. He's buried in the planet parking lot. I will say that Kit is very cute in her like suit that she's yeah, wearing. Yeah, that's true. It's, it's like worth mentioning as we talk about all these serious <laughs> things that are unfortunate. Yeah. Pam Greer looks cute in the suit. Sure does. Then we go to a typical small town motel where Max is like, do you want to be my outlaw girlfriend? Do you want to be my friend? Do you want to be my fuck buddy on the road? What do you want? What do you want me to be? Yeah. He's like, are you going to tell me what you want? Or are you just going to act silent and weird? <laughs> You're like, Yeah. And Jenny, instead of saying what she wants him to be, tells him that I guess what she wants him to be is someone who's standing up against the wall. Well, it's just like he's literally like, we can we please talk about our relationship? Because yeah. you if you like want this to be casual, yeah, that I wasn't how you were acting. I with that extra who was barely even wearing a shirt. Yeah. And, and now it's like and then she like makes it a sexual thing. And you're just like, Jenny, no, <laughs> it's like literally the opposite of what he was saying. And she demands like that he take his shirt off. And then they make out for a little bit. Which, like, he doesn't take a shot off. He just opens it. Yeah. And lets it, which I think is, like, a pointed choice and moment where it's, like, he lets it hang open, like, I don't know, in a way that's, like... Honestly, as a person from the Midwest, um, having this scene where um, he's, like, unbuttoning his sleeve, like, plaid shirt Mm -hmm. with the sleeves cut off, I I found highly erotic. Um, And uh, a real tribute to uh, the hardy women of the Midwest. And others. And others. (laughs) So they make out a tiny bit. Yeah. And then she is like, you never let me fuck you. Uh, It it seems that he would like to maintain that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then he like sits on the bed and like she does like go over to him Mm -hmm. and they like do have like a moment of like, I don't know. At first it feels like she's like shaming him in a way that's uncomfortable and sad. But then it feels like she goes over to him and is like, gets it. Yeah. Uh, and then we go to Bettina's, where Tina is snoozing. Well, and Angelica, because I knew that like they don't have a crib, as right. was established. But is that, I mean, I'm not passing any judgment because I do not have a child and I don't know anything about yeah. attachment parenting. But is that safe to like sleep with your baby just like on the end of the bed with like, you? Like, don't you worry about like rolling over and smashing your yeah, baby? Yeah, or like the... rolling over and knocking the baby off the <laughs> yeah. bed. I mean, unless like they just know themselves to be like very light, still sleepers. <laughs> but I would just be very nervous to have like my very young baby just like right by me in bed uh i didn't notice that angie was in the bed yeah. uh but i do <laughs> but i would be alarmed by that idea i would not be able to sleep with baby in the bed i would be absolutely terrified that i was going to roll over and, and kill the baby same and i that i was going to wake up next to a dead baby which i think we can agree is everyone's worst nightmare yep my biggest dream though is to wake up next to a dead mark 
<laughs> and uh, and be like, what happened last night? I don't care. Um, that's like Tina. And, and Tina's like, <laughs> and Bat basically delivers a little monologue about her fierce insecurities, which include what if she can't adopt Angie? What if she can't find a job she loves? What the hell is happening with her and Tina? And then she says, I feel like I don't have any control over anything, which is true. And Tina slips, snows through the whole thing. I like really loved this moment. <laughs> like, I don't know. I like Jennifer Beals really got me. Yeah, like, that was I, really vulnerable. She's not normally like that. Yeah, she isn't. And like, I don't know. It made me feel I felt I got I got like a little teary. Like I felt <laughs> like, I don't know, like, Aww. like, you know, it's like hard when you feel like you don't have any control. And like, yeah. things are just like, ever, like multiple areas of your life are spiraling. And you're just like, you're just like, okay. And and then like, that's how I feel literally right now. <laughs> well, my life. I'm like, you get it. Same. I do. Same. And, um, and so it's I like, it. it's not great. So like the fact that like this character who we know is like being like very in, oh, we also know how much control matters to bet. Yeah. And so the fact that like she is both feeling out of control and she's just been sort of bitchy all episode, but now she's like, no, I'm going to actually talk about my feelings mm-hmm. with my partner. And then like, Tina doesn't even fucking wake up. Yeah. Like, come I know. on. Like I was, I was very annoyed with Tina. Cause like, but like, Laura Hallman did a great job of acting like a person who was half asleep. I was very convinced <laughs> by her performance. She was and actually, I, yeah, did you it's right up there. Had... It's right up there with like her other t- great performances. <laughs> I mean, Ernest, the only times that she's been like a really good actress, this moment giving birth, fighting with bet at the end of season one. I don't think that Laura Hallman's not good on this show. <laughs> I don't. I, I think you don't even even when she stops moving her face. There are and starts talking like she, her chin is like wired. I think there are times like, like that. I think that like sometimes uh-huh. there is like both acting mirror, 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 and writing wise mirror, stuff mirror. on the show that is not what ideal. When she's just like mirror, 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 and you're like, what are you saying? I just think that like I just, I just think that like <laughs> there's <laughs> like she is. She is you love Tina. Tina. No, I don't. I do not love Tina. Drew actually, loves no. Tina. Actually, rewatching rewatching the show this time, I like have been like the first thing I tweeted when rewatching was like Tina's actually not bad. And then like a minute later, she did something awful. And yeah. then like throughout, I've been a lot less pro Tina than I was like the first time I watched the show. But pro Tina would be a good shake, <laughs> like a a meal replacement shake. But I, I don't think that Laura Holloman's a bad actor. I will maintain that. So invite me to your That's, painting show in fair. Paris, Laura. <laughs> I'm a fan. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's a really vulnerable moment for Bet. Yeah. And uh, that she actually even said all those things. And you feel really sad for her. And on top of that, she's also clearly pregnant. So um, then uh, Jenny and Max leave the motel. Mm-hmm. What happened after that? I don't know. You just got a little moment. Yeah. Then we go back to Patina's, where Tina has single-handedly caused a drought in California. She has a tray with like 17,000 water glasses on it. How many people are coming <laughs> over? It's for the adoption visit, but she, they all have slices of lemon. She's once again looking honestly quite cute in a t-shirt over a long sleeve shirt. She did this last episode too, and I was like, fine, you're hot. And Kit's there, and David's there, but they haven't yet told David that he is a plant to appear like Angelica has men in her life. And before they can do that, Roberta is at the door. Apparently, she had to find random men wandering Beth's neighborhood to help her into the house. 
again, it just like takes away like the what? energy, the energy of this scene should yes. be like this homophobic adoption worker is making Bet feel like she's not a real mother. Yeah. And instead you're like, oh, she's sort of witty because you're like, she's like, you like have sympathy for her. And so then you're well, you just, have sympathy for her because what kind of assholes like know that she's just or, like the worst. that she like had to get help from like men nightmare. This is like a shame on all lesbians, first of all. Like, and, and like, why? It's the actress is able bodied. Yeah. So I don't know why they did this. I know why they did this to make it's disabled because, people seem bad. Well, they're not thinking about it that generally, but it's the trope, right? It's like, it's like, oh, this, it's every villain you see walking with a cane. Like, it's, it's this thing oh that's God, like an yeah. othering tool and, and like using disability as a way of, like being like this person's evil so they're inconvenient also and it's just like the most tired harmful it's just it's so it's so it's just so boring in yeah. addition to being dangerous and offensive and et cetera, et cetera. and so like it's i don't know it really it's it's infuriating and so she comes in right at the moment when david has just been told why he's there and so as soon as she gets in he's like um i'm not going to vouch for you guys because i think a child needs a mother and a father and will suffer without proper family values. And I'm not going to lie and say I feel otherwise, especially in front of a government official. Yeah. And then Roberta's like, I'm glad someone in this house has respect for the government. Then we go to um, who knows where? Uh, art, art, art land. It's where Bet is not employed, but is using her art expertise for the community. Yes. <laughs> She's passionate. She's passionate where she's being passionately unemployed, which is just a fantastic. I love it. It's a great phrase that I'm going to use at some point. The ultimate Patriot Act is the name of the artwork that she's looking at, which says that like eating pussy is the ultimate Patriot Patriot Act. It sure does say that. <laughs> okay, she says by a guerrilla girl who are uh, like feminist activist artists that started in 1985, and basically their whole deal is like challenging the art world for being too male and too white. So then Beth says that she's upset that because Tina doesn't like this particular work of art. Yeah. And she wants Tina to like everything that she likes. Yeah. And then the the person who she's talking to yeah. is is Amory McDonald. Right. Who plays Francis in Better Than Chocolate. Right. Yes. Um she is one of the few like out like queer actresses who has in a movie or TV show, like like out queer cis actresses mm -hmm. who has in a movie or TV show, like had a love story with a trans female character, even mm -hmm. if, even if it's played by a cis man in that <laughs> particular movie, um, which I wrote an essay about on autotravel.com, which yeah, you can you check can read out. On um, but also she is like a novelist and a playwright. Yeah. She wrote like, like fall on your knees. She's Jewish, right? She's she's like very my mom has beyond her better books, than yeah. chocolate. But yeah. I just like that's my personal connection to her. So that's like yeah. She like. does a lot of theater. She's mo I think she's most known as an author. Yeah, and is um, she's also when I heard the mermaid sing, which is a queer yeah. film, right? I haven't seen it, but either. Oh really? No, but I'll be watching it this month. It looks really project, weird. So, um, so I thought you might have seen it. Um, it's very hard to find. Like I'm gonna have to buy the DVD, which I'm gonna do. But so Beth says that she wants. Like, so basically she's somehow defending her desire to have Tina like all the same art she does by saying that like she wants her partner to see things from a point of view instead of challenging her. Uh, okay. Yes. Which like, obviously like you shouldn't want your partner to like all the same art as you. But I think like in this particular case yeah. that like, I, again, I think I'm just, yeah, but I'm, I'm making up excuses. But I think that like what she's saying is like, 
there is this work of like feminist art that mm -hmm. is very like aggressive and that's yeah. not really Tina's vibe. Right. And so it's less that she's like, we need to agree on all the same art and more like she doesn't understand why like a work of art like this yeah. would be important to me. Here's what I projected onto this yeah. is that I, I've definitely been in a relationship where near the end it felt like my partner was trying to argue with me about everything. Also real. Yeah. No, that's <laughs> like real. everything. Like things that we had agreed on before things that were like slight disagreements, but like she was like really amping up the disagreement yeah, and like was challenging me on everything. And I was like, what the fuck is like, do we hate each other? Cause it sure feels like it. Yeah. And it's cause our relationship was like obviously falling apart. Yeah. And so it's when I heard that, I thought, Oh, this is Tina. This is what Tina's doing. Like she, I don't think there's a way to like disagree with your partner or to have your partner like not see things the same way that you do that actually can like enhance your relationship and it can mm -hmm. be part of like a healthy discourse and like a healthy relationship. But then there's a way that somebody who's already, I think in this case, Tina is already like a little bit checked out and isn't really in the relationship and is trying to sow discord. Like she's, and you saw her doing it in the last episode too. Yeah. Like they're, she's looking for excuses to leave. Like she's looking for yeah. places where they don't agree and amping those spaces up. So that's what, that's what I, that's what I thought. Yeah. What's happening here. That's, no, that's real. Um, she tells uh, Amory McDonald that her and Tina don't talk anymore. They just argue about the baby. Oh, I guess the character's name is Julia. And then Julia, first of all, suggests therapy. And Beth's like, we've seen every therapist in town already. And then she suggests um, that she goes to a talk from a white man who is a Buddhist <laughs> talking about desire and no lesbian in the history of civilization has spoken about a white male Buddhist academic with this level of reverence. Maybe ones who go see Dan Foxworthy do. That's true. This is the least realistic scene in the whole episode. The way that she talks about this white man. Yeah. Oh my God, I died. I was so upset. And I definitely did not pick that up the first time I saw it because I was still in a space where I thought it was normal to venerate white men. But like, there's, what the fuck? This is, all of this is just a ploy to get Bette really into meditation so that she can wear clothes that will cover up the fact that Jennifer <laughs> Beals is pregnant. That's the whole point of it. They could have had anyone be Mark Epstein. <laughs> right, they could have it had it be a woman. It didn't have to be Mark Epstein. Yeah, or it could have been like a man of color or yeah, it could have been, it didn't have to be like a, like white male academic. It's the worst. Who has just gotten into like a new religious practice. And is deciding that he's going to reimagine it. Is the most insufferable type of man. But why would Beck go? Why would Never. It, it's so confusing. I hate it. Okay. Yeah. So there's a few scenes that are around this quinceanera. And we thought it would be cool to have a little like guest recapper for these scenes. Um, you probably remember Yvonne Marquez. She was a senior editor at Autostraddle for um, five years. And she... Uh, wrote an article about um, Carmen and Poppy and the representation of um, Latina characters on the L word um, and had a lot of opinions about that and about the quinceanera. So for this episode, um, those scenes are going to be recapped by Yvonne and her wife, Gloria. So um, we are going to cut to them right now and we'll do so a few more times in this episode. And I'm actually really excited about it because um, I miss Yvonne and also uh, I think that there's a lot of stuff in these parts that me and Drew cannot speak to with the authority or reference necessary. Hey, hey there. We did it. We did it. <laughs> Let's introduce ourselves. 
My name is Yvonne Marquez, and I'm a former senior editor at Autostraddle. I'm a writer, editor, journalist. When I was working at Autostraddle, I wrote a lot about queer Latina issues, Latinx issues, or the, at least that was I was really passionate about. I even wrote an article back in 2014 about um, what the L word got wrong about Latinas. So I specifically dissected characters like Carmen and a future character we'll talk about later in the show. And so if you want to read more about that, go to autostraddle.com. Yeah, what about you? <laughs> Y'all, this is my wife. I am her wife. <laughs> I am, uh, my name is Gloria. I am Ivan's wife. I guess I'm just a, a proud service industry worker. I enjoy my job very much. I also have a, I'm also a language justice interpreter and translator. I do a lot of language justice work. Um, that's really my, my passion, getting my master's in interpretation and translation. And um, I'm just really interested in just connecting people through through their languages with their, you know, without having to know another language or connecting communities. So that's what I do. She's really good at it. She's a badass. I'm really proud of you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I, I'm, I like you too. <laughs> I like you too. Awesome. <laughs> Anyway, so what's our origin story? So I started watching The L Word in, like, really watching it in 2010. That I, I believe it was the summer break between uh, freshman year of college and sophomore year of college, or it was either winter break. But I just remember that when I started watching it, I was completely consumed by it. Like, I did nothing else, like, nothing else but watch this goddamn show. Like, and I was not out. I don't know if I mentioned that, but I was not out yet. And so I literally would wake up, open up my laptop, watch it. I would go poop, my morning poop, watch it. I would be brushing my teeth, setting my laptop on top of like the toilet thing to watch it. I would go eat lunch to and watched it. I like, that's all I did. And my excuse was, it's just like, oh, it's a really good show. <laughs> I remember I talked to you about yeah. it too, and I was just like, I mean, I just thought, I don't know, I was just obsessed with it, obsessed with it, and so I just think it's really funny when I tell people, it's like, I can't believe I watched that fucking show before I came out, I mean, maybe, I mean, it's instrumental to my coming out, you know, story, but it's just really funny. Yeah. And I think that's whenever how you started watching it, because I told, well, like, you well, have already known about yeah. it. Yeah, so for some context, me and Gloria have known each other since college since yes. you since we um went to school together at ut we used 2009 to, 2009 we lived as freshmen in college we lived across the hall from each other in the dorms in this huge ass university and we were mm -hmm. neighbors and we also like had a lot a couple of classes together mm -hmm. so we hung out a lot we ate dinner we were hanging out a lot and we were just friends that first year but we would like gal pals if you will yes gal pals if you will yes that is a fact because i mean what do gal pals do but well we rented loving annabelle before we both yes. came out to each other we, we, that, that's just a chill thing that we did yes. we just watched loving annabelle anyways so and then i came out to her because i was closeted in high school like i knew i was gay but i was closeted um, I didn't really come out to anybody, but I told her, I came out to her um, second semester of freshman year. So, like, when we came February. back. Yeah. So, I came out to you, and then you were like, cool, 
Yeah, I was just like, cool story, bro. And then I was just like, I'm going to be such a good ally and watch the L word for her. <laughs> it wasn't until college when I had access to high-speed internet in my dorm that I just started fucking, like, YouTubing everything I could find on the L word. I think back then you could find, like, whole-ass episodes on there. Charmin so. episodes, because I did that same thing, too. Yeah, I just, like, looked. I don't even... In the dorm. I don't think I looked it up in order. I just, like just saw whatever I found on YouTube about the L word and just watched that. So that was like really eye opening because I mean, that's the first time I was like seeing like lesbian sex on TV or like had access to that. Like, well, yeah. I don't think I ever saw that before that beforehand. So, but it wasn't until after you watched all of it that I started watching it. Like I actually like rented the DVDs from school, like from UT so, needless to say, we got together. <laughs> and got married. Uh, and now we're married. We've been together for nine years. Yeah. Wow. So, that's how we that's, started getting yeah. into the L word. So, I think, like, the first scene of this episode um, where Carmen and Shane show up, like, for the party or whatever, um, Carmen's, like, on a couch, and she's like, Shane, Shane, come out! And then, of course, Shane comes out with a dress and Carmen's like you look like a five-year-old which I'm like of course because that dress looks like it was made for like an eight-year-old's communion like <laughs> I know where's that it was very straight cut or like it, and then like poofy I but think. it was like it, lo- it looks like a, a it child. literally looked like a child's dress yeah I can't believe that was Carmen's mom's dress it was not. It's like the whole big thing that's like, like I don't know. It's just like how? No, no one wore, wore like no one wore this at all. That's true. Also, like no one would wear that communion dress to a quinceanera. Like that's not how things work. That was that, a white dress. Yeah, that's not how adults. Like, are you gonna dress. go get baptized, homie? Like, what are you doing? Like, when did you wear this? I know. Like, and then Shane is like, I feel like a piñata, and then I'm like, first of all, I wouldn't buy that piñata. <laughs> It's supposed to be colorful, and piñatas, and, like, that was not colorful. No. Piñatas are supposed to be colorful and like, no, fun. No, I don't want that. No. Mm-mm. And then... Flavorless. Flavorless, yes. So then, like, Carmen goes back and is, like, all kissing Shane. Oh, yes. And she's, like, kissing her, and she's, They're, like, like making out, feeling it. And then Carmen whispers in, he, in, in, in Shane's ear, Wow, you see, that's what Spanish actually sounds like. <laughs> um, I mean, th- that, w- that was horrible Spanish. Like, even like the caption. She, she tried. She tried. She, that was a lot of words to say. For not being a Latinx person, like, she tried. Yeah, like, also, I wouldn't be able to say that. The thing is that. Would you say that? Like, I feel like you as a Spanish-speaking... Yes, I would say that. <laughs> In fact, I thought when I heard it, and even now, I, I like it. You I'm like into it. it. Why, I'm why, totally why, into why it. Why were you into it then and now? Well, I think, like, then... I just feel like, you know, I'm my first language was Spanish, and it's, you know, my native language. And so I think that a lot of my internalized homophobia comes from, like that part of my life or like even the word lesbiana it just sounds like Mufasa. you know what I mean this is like not a good word but I think like it didn't inspire me confidence or 
Like that's something that I wanted to be a part of. Well, no, it kind of does because, you know, now we like that mystery shit, you know, like we're like those brujas people um, owning queerness. Um, but anyways, so I think like listening to it in Spanish, I was just like, I felt, I don't know, I felt like affirmed. I felt like I could be sexy in Spanish too. I feel like my queerness is not just in English. It can also be in Spanish. And that was a very, um, you know. And also it was like directly about like, licking licking like it's like, oral sex yes and and i appreciated that yeah and it was you know from a woman's voice to another woman and that's like i you know this is the representation i needed yeah yes okay well i aside from that like the spanish the hor- like horrible spanish like like for me it was sexy but like if it was like said but you know, I I really do just want to say though that like I, I I know that you're really hung up on the the accent, but I will. I mean, I think like the person that didn't feel comfortable speaking the language probably wouldn't sound like that. But at the same time, like that's okay. I mean, I mean, well, the thing is that it's fine. Like, I think that's what didn't make it real for me because I was just like me. I struggle with my Spanish, so like, why would I say that in Spanish while I'm trying to get it on? You know what I mean? Well, maybe because she's like, I don't know, she's having, trying. yeah, she's having trying. sex with a white person, and then like, she's, I don't know, I don't know, whatever that, whatever that dynamic is, probably not a good thing, but I see you what know, you mean. It, it's weird, but I think that what makes it bad is is just like the fact that like there are a lot of parts in this whole episode with them that it feels very forced, right? So for me, like, the accent doesn't matter. Like, we can have accents, that's fine. I think it's just the fact that, like, it kind of appears a little too forced, like, to appeal to this exotification of, like, Spanish-speaking lesbian mm-hmm. Latina mm-hmm. kind of thing. So I think that's, that's what... I can I'll, see that. Yeah. Yeah. So then, moving on, like, Carmen realizes that Shane is wearing, like, boy briefs? Or, like... You know, what did you expect? <laughs> like, oh, like she wasn't gonna wear like some frilly like pink. Like how long has she been having sex with her and not realize <laughs> that she probably doesn't own a thong? Yeah, <laughs> or something like that. Yeah, or she wasn't gonna wear something like that. Like, yeah, and then also like Shane is wearing shoe like Converse with the dress, which I think looks pretty good. Yeah, and honestly, it's something that's accepted. Like I feel like. There are people out there that go to these quinces and stuff like that. At least whenever I was like, like, a, like a younger, like people would wear Converse for their dresses. That was an absolutely okay thing. It's like, risque thing to do. Yeah, and then like Carmen goes to go find Shane some cha cha heels. Cha cha heels. Do you know what cha cha heels are? Never heard of such things. I don't know. The thing is that cha cha is like an actual like dance, like ballroom dance. But the Mexicans don't do. Mexicans don't do that, you know? Okay. Like, I just feel like people are just, like... Who was writing this? Yeah, Were there any just, Mexicans in the room? I don't think so. Because the obvious question would have been, like, okay, like... She would have yeah. She would have just been, like, I'll just go bring you some tacones. Yes, that's literally it. Right? That's literally... I'll bring that's you some a tweet. Ta- exactly. Tacones, los tacones. I'll bring you some tacones. That's it. That's it. You All know right. what tacones means? Heels. Heels. Right. But just the simple fact of saying tacones from Matias, like, like yeah, but like cha cha heels, girl, <laughs> no, 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 sé qué es eso, no, no existe. So, um, before we go into the next scene, we there is like one 
part of that scene specifically of the Charmin scene that we do want to address before going on. Uh, and let's, so let's talk about that, Drew. Um, Shane says she looks like a pinata and <laughs> Carmen's like, like, no, but maybe like the top of a tranny wedding cake. Right. Um, which like, I also just have questions cause I'm, <laughs> I'm just like, so what, what is, what is that? Is that saying that like Shane looks like someone who is masculine, so is like assigned male at birth and is wearing a dress and that's weird or that it's I like, think she's saying that trans women are men in dresses and that's why that Sh- Shane would fit for on a, a, Yeah. Yeah. So it's like not great. And then and then like Shane doesn't laugh Mm-mm. because Shane never laughs at stuff that's transphobic. Right. And but she well, also, also like, Shane is miserable. Right? Like Shane she doesn't. Is, cry. I'm not. I'm, I can't give Shane too much credit yeah. there. She doesn't like correct her or anything. No. But then, I think she's so like she's so uncomfortable that yeah. like she can't really get out of then, her own head. Then about Carmen's it. like, I'm sorry. Like I'm sorry, baby. That wasn't funny. And then walks over to her and starts yeah. kissing her. Um. Which yeah. So that is the second use of tranny in this episode. Yeah. Which is you know not great. Don't no, use it's that not word great. If you're not trans. Yeah. Um. And you know what? I'll at that time we all use that word all the time. Yep. It's not unrealistic. Like none of it's unrealistic. Yeah. yeah. But it's uh disturbing. I hear people use it today. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And now we're going to Angelica's party. She has a lot of friends for a baby. Yeah. Right. Good for her. And like friends who can walk. Like there's a lot of like. Small walking children. I guess. Well, I thought. What, it was what is a small walking child? A toddler. <laughs> a toddler. Yes. I thought. I thought it was because like some of the parents who they've met in the baby group have older children, right. like have multiple children, so like yes. they would have like siblings who are older. Yeah. That was that was my assumption. This was a big day for Canadian extra children. <laughs> you know, um, I think it's just like a very quick bit there, right? Um. Well, Allison. Allison uh, Helena show up. Yeah, and. Alice looks really cute. Yeah. And, and the little boy is like, are you the clown? Oh, and then yeah. she realizes that she realizes that this is actually Angelica's half birthday party and not a surprise party for her. And she's like, yes, I am the clown. Yeah. And then the kid runs away. and's like, mom, mom, the clown's here. And I felt so bad for That's Alice. That's her first moment of self-awareness. Also, yeah. since this season has begun also, like it sucks that all of her friends forgot her birthday and they know that she's struggling yeah. i feel like that's like if i if i have a friend and i know that they're in like a particularly hard time yeah like i'm definitely making sure i don't forget their fucking yeah. birthday yeah i think the reason they forgot her birthday is because it's only this only time in the whole show that anyone's had a birthday it's, so it's they fair. forgot about they birthdays. forgot about birthdays it's generally. not even angelica's birthday no it's, it's her half birthday which is not a real thing yeah. and then we zip back to um, Carmen's mom's place or with the venue where they're having the quinceanera, the house where they're having the quinceanera. So the next scene is that um, Carmen and Shane show up um, to the place wherever, where everyone's getting ready. Like Carmen's mom's there, Carmen's tias and relatives and her grandma's there. So Carmen's mom is getting her hair done. And I feel like that's pretty accurate representation of like, you know, people getting ready for, like, a quinceanera or a wedding. Like, all the women get together and, like, get their hair done. Like, and are all gossiping or whatever, getting their nails done. Like, there's this big quinceanera happening. Today yeah, like, even family. even today, like, this morning, we went to... Yeah, I went over to, like, I live in Dallas. We went to Fort Worth where my family lives. And there's a lot of people in town. This is a 
person quinceanera like it's a big one and yeah so we went to go eat breakfast with them but it was like 11 o'clock and people were getting ready for like the mass and like the whole thing so and everybody's there they're all doing each other's hair mm-hmm. la abuelita estaba ahí yeah. was there so it was very like that that scene was just like that's literally what we walked into this morning yeah <laughs> so um Carmen's mom is like oh my yeah, yeah. And then they're, like, talking about... Her accent's fake, too, by the way. That's why I mentioned that. Carmen's mom? Yeah. Yeah? It's, like, very, like, but it's, but it's, like, I don't know. She sounds, like, almost Italian or something. Like... Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think I think she's stretching, overstretching it a bit. Yeah. Yeah. So, Carmen's mom... They're talking about, like, so they're talking... So, it's cute, too, because, like, um... They're talking about their stories, like the like the the women in that circle, which is very typical, as you said as well. Like in a lot of like Latinx like parties and stuff like that, or at least Mexican parties, like the women and the men are always like separate, and and so it was like, and I think they were talking about stories about from their youth, yeah, from their youth, like his mom and like what they were doing before their quinceanera, yeah, like reminiscing and smoking cigarettes, and I think that's like for sure something that happens, like you know research stories and it's yeah. yeah Shane asks like everyone like what Carmen was doing before her quinceanera and um she was an angel she was an angel just a pure angel nun's favorite the nun's favorite I don't know why I just switched to country country <laughs> X nun's favorite which is obviously super gay because nuns are gay yes and and also like i mean and that also is like a good representation there's so many mexicans like that go to catholic schools i also wonder if this was like done to be like they're super catholic you know what i mean well again no spoilers about this party but i wonder like i wonder you know i'm just I'm wondering, I'm wondering. That's what I'm going to say until we talk about the next scene. Yeah. But And so then um, Carmen's mom gets done with her hair, and then um, she's like, Shane, it's your turn um, to get your hair done. And, like, so Shane gets in the, the in the chair, and then, like, the person who's, like, doing her hair is like, oh, your hair's a little uneven. Let me, like, snip it. I know. And then but before then even, Carmen's like, it's okay, it's okay. Like, it's okay. Like, telling her it was going to be okay, but I just feel like Tommy was a really shitty partner there. Yeah? For just not, I don't know, I just, I just didn't like it. Yes. But also just, like, the desire of Carmen's mom to, like, change uh, Shane as well is something that I feel like, yeah, I don't know. It's like when your mom was, like, she wanted me to shave for your grandma's quinceanera. Her her grandma had an 85th birthday that was made into a quinceanera. Yeah. And I was wearing this jumpsuit, and everyone's mom wanted me to shave my armpits. And I said, nah. <laughs> nah. <laughs> That's gross. That was it. And then also one thing I wanted to know was, like, during the scene, there's, like, ubiquitous, like, Latin music, and I'm just like, what even is that? <laughs> like, no one would be listening to that. I don't even remember that music. I don't like it's just I feel like it's just to set the mood like make it ethnic you know (laughs) like they're like this isn't like you know this is a different wavelength yeah and I'm just like "Mm, this is weird (laughs) yeah 
Then we go back to Bettina's where Helena goes into the kitchen very gingerly. This is a very different Helena from last season. This is a timid, polite Helena. And she's like, I think we have a little situation. Alice thought this was going to be a surprise party for you, for her. And then they cut to Alice, like saying, who do you have to fuck around here to get a beer? Sipping on a juice box. Yeah. But then, Mm -hmm. then next they bring the cake out, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And they, they added Alice's name to the cake. Yeah, which and, was convenient because for some reason half of the cake was left empty. And for some reason they had like frost. Did they make this cake? I don't believe that Bet would ever. Bet absolutely did cake. not make the cake. So like Alice like picks up Angelica and like blows up the candles with yeah. her. And honestly, like this is really, it's a sweet, like it's a really sweet moment. Also another highlight of this moment is that the first thing Angelica does after blowing out the candles is rams her entire hand into the cake, <laughs> which I think it's realistic it's appropriate yeah then we cut back to the quinceanera the party the big day is finally here and we walk into the scene and tell me what you see well there's pink and blue balloons baby shower no quinceanera apparently what the lights are full blown out this is a party (laughs) during the day too like yeah just like so usually like during that time period like early like mid early to mid 2000s I feel like that was when like because I had my quinceanera in 2005 so I know (laughs) but the trend back then was to have like really bold colors in quinceanera so like I'm talking like baby blue like hot pink electric green colors electric yeah like the trend was to like stay away wear converse yeah like to stay away bumping djs bumping lights what the fuck is this you're getting ready to receive a baby yeah it was like a baby oh you know what you know what it was shane's first communion (laughs) y'all it was shane's first communion how did we not realize i know it was all a trick I know. It was like a party. There were nuns there. There was nuns there. There were nuns. In the background. (laughs) So this is, this is why I want to talk about this. Yeah. I want to talk about this because I feel like, okay, let's, let's, let's go back. You know, again, we talked about how like Converse during quinceañeras are like a perfect, like fine thing to do. Right. Mm -hmm. But then like, you can't wear those. And I'm like thinking like, okay, so these people are like, they must be like super like, I don't know. This I was almost like a Pentecostal quinceanera or something. Like, yeah, yeah, like, for like sure. Converse, so like, and and first of all, I don't think Pentecostals have quinceaneras, but yeah. I mean, <laughs> like, the thing is, is that I, it just seemed so like during the day there was like no real fun being had. Like there were nuns there, and then what was the other thing? The other comment about the, the nuns. Music. The, well, yeah, the music. First of all, very uh, boring and unsinful. Um, and then <laughs> unsinful. <laughs> well, I'm sorry. I love that. I love it. Does that make sense? Yes. Holy, it wasn't holy music. It was just boring. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then like, and then also like the comment about being the nun's favorite. Like, were they trying to set this up as like Carmen being like religious and like they can't have fun or something? Because like I don't get it. Yeah. Yeah. It was just like. For real, like that, I wouldn't want to go to that quinceanera. I would have just like eaten the food and left. It just seemed like that's exactly what happened. <laughs> like there was no one there. Like it was boring, and I don't know. It was so just... that was the opening. It would just be open into this like this is the big day. The quinceanera scene, apparently. You know, like I'm sure, like the L word probably had like a small budget, whatever, but. That wasn't it, yeah. But literally, all you have to do is just put some bumping music behind and some fucking light work. Yeah. Like, you don't even have to have that many people there, but that would be more of an accurate description of a quinceanera. Yeah. People are having fun. 
And then we, okay, so we open to the scene, and then Shane is wearing hair now. Also. <laughs> we didn't talk about that. <laughs> we didn't. She's, she's wearing, like, a full-on, like, fucking, like, wig, hair extensions. I don't know. But, I don't know. It was just, oh, like. Oh, man. That's just, oh, God. So, it was just, like, you know, the cherry on, you know, gender dysphoria. <laughs> it's just, wow. Anyway. So, um, Carmen's mom again, because we don't know her name. Yeah. That comes running and she's like, Shane, 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 I want to introduce you to Luis. Yeah. And who's Luis? Luis is Carmen's childhood friend. And then... Cool, apparently things can get with Carmen. Carmen. Yeah, so then um, Shane and Luis start slow dancing? Yes, And like do. that's like He's that. like so much shorter than she is. Yeah. Like, it looks... And then, like, also, I felt like Luis is, like, also has, like, a fake accent, like, or made to, like, speak. Yeah. Like, more like that. I don't know. More like that. <laughs> it's real like that. Real like that. So, Luis confesses, talks about Carmen to Shane. And then Shane's just like... I don't think she feels the same way, but Yeah, basically. And then Carmen comes, like, hey, can I cut in? <laughs> and Luis is, like, with, oh, like, ready to dance with her. But Carmen's like, nah. Carmen just starts dancing. Starts dancing with Shane. And then Shane's like, isn't this a little too risky? risky? Yeah. And Carmen's like, no, in Latino culture, um, it's perfectly fine for two women to dance. It's not, not queer at all. That's what she says. Yeah, that's what she says. And, and it's true. It's true, yeah. We've we've danced a lot together before yeah. we even came out to my family. Yeah, like at your, I remember at your party. Graduation at graduation party, party yeah. yeah. We were just like, yeah, it's yeah. just like a thing to do. <clears throat> and it's just something that we've all, like, I've always done too. Like whenever I was a teenager, we'd go to parties and stuff like that. Like we would always have cousins, like other girls. Like, like it was just, it's a cute, it's cute. And I think I... I really love that about about us. Like, I really like promoting women friendship relationships, platonic, intimate ones, even if they're not, like, romantic like that. <clears throat> yeah, for sure. So then, and then also Carmen also is like, oh, I love your hair. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, Carmen, you're such a bitch. <laughs> well, let's talk about that a little bit more. Like, so for me, that's the, like, this whole, like, whole thing with, like, Shane dressing more girly or whatever like in a dress and with the hair and everything like it just made it seem like I think nowadays on YouTube there's like queer couples who are like one's more mask and one's more femme and then they switch their clothes like as a gimmick and as like a thing and like to be funny like honestly I don't even know what the the point of those things are but like I just felt like this whole episode was like just like that too it was just like a swap situation but like this is also like if this was in real life like we're, i would be like what the fuck like just let shane wear yeah whatever the fuck she wants to the quinceanera right i don't know <clears throat> i also just yeah i felt the same way and i just i think that i don't know it was like trying to pretend it was like a cute funny thing to do for one's partner but it's not yeah and i mean I've been to several quinceañeras and also weddings, like Mexican weddings, where, like, I've seen mass presenting queer Latinas, like, older women as well, who are just very, like, they're wearing whatever the fuck they want, and the thing is that no one, the, the only bad thing is, like, like, no one's talking about it, no one's It's a good thing in the, it's like, it's don't a, ask, don't tell type of thing. Yeah, it's like, like, everyone knows what's going on here. Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> like, also, like, 
you can clock you can clock who like that's a queer person you know and that's why i was having that question about like is carmen's background very conservative and religious because because of other things that have happened right and like i'm just like is this just like you can't like what like you can't do this in public like i don't know it's like can she really not bring a, a mass presenting person you know i know that we talk about it that's happens but like would she be looked down upon if she brought like the, her friend mm -hmm. a woman be like mass presenting you know like what is that i don't know i just have questions about her her background i, I think i has i still have doubts of who she really is back to the birthday party where they're cleaning up afterwards and angus uh says he ran into an ex and that he can now confirm that three of his ex-girlfriends are now lesbians and what can i say i'm attracted to women who like to go down on other women and i thought that was funny I think that <laughs> this confirms for me my continued um, uh, belief that a lot of the men on the L word are trans, trans women. <laughs> um, because that was like, that was me before I was just like, wow, all my exes are queer. I've had, a, I've like hooked up with like a lot of people who are now lesbians. Uh -huh. yep. And so, you know, Angus, <laughs> who knows? Anyway, so... They would like Angus to be a nanny because suddenly they think it would be great. They say it would be great for Angelica to have a man in her life. Which is so annoying because they're like now listening to like this like weird like homophobia right. from the social worker of being like or adoption worker or whatever. Yeah. Like of being like. <sighs> and then but then I think it was just excuse to have Tina say what she said because she's like, yeah, you know, like this. She starts talking about men in that weird wistful way that the social mm. worker had last episode. And I feel like that's what they're there trying to do there but it was um also really weird then alice comes over and thanks them um for the for like the best birthday ever she said i think she was like i didn't think about dana for 45 minutes you know but obviously now she's back to thinking yeah. about dana also it's interesting that every season at least so far like has like a token like cis straight man uh-huh you know it's yeah. like we get tim then we get mark and now mm -hmm. we have angus. angus yeah and it's like it's this thing and it's you know it's as if we need them. And, you yeah. know, I don't know if we do. Right. Then well, there's also well like, Angus isn't straight. He's bi. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. That's nice. I like that. <laughs> I love <laughs> I, that for him. I love that for him. I totally forgot about that. <laughs> so, yeah. So, Angus is going to be their nanny so that that will have more time to be passionately unemployed, I guess. Find a job or whatever. Yeah. You know, and he can, she can touch his scratchy face. Which is a really form that's important. I think that's a big takeaway here is that like if your baby doesn't have the opportunity to touch a man's um, <sighs> like five o'clock shadow or whatever it is, then she's probably going to be completely fucked up. So God, it's like sometimes it's just like, come on, the L word <laughs> show that is centering around lesbians and is mostly written and directed by uh -huh. queer women. Like, well, what are you, what are you doing? Yeah. We all have internalized shit. <laughs> then uh, Dana and Lara are taking a bath together where and we find out that Lara agreed to like cater a dinner so that Dana could get in to see like the only doctor in all of Los Angeles but Dana didn't go to the appointment because she doesn't want a man looking up her woodle and she will maybe she bet and Tina have a lady gynecologist maybe she'll look into that anyway it's a bath scene they're naked in the bath can I can I throw a hot take at you you sure can I don't think that Dana deserves Alice or Lara whoa I think I think like like it, it yeah it looks like she's giving her a sports massage 
you know, that's how I like to get my sports massages mm-hmm. is um, in the bath with like sitting between someone's legs in the bath. And then now Max and Jenny still on the road have found yet another small town. Well, I guess this is a gay male bar, right? Yes. Although the bar they were at at the last town at the last town was mixed girls and boys. Yeah. Um. So they they show up and it's bear night. It's bear night. And 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 Jenny's like, "What's bear night?" And Max is like, "It'll be fun because it will be." Um. I assume everyone at home knows what bears are, but if you don't, they're like it's like a subculture amongst gay men. Um. Where it's like they're bigger bodied and hairy and stuff, and they're really into that whole thing. It also felt like a, like a pointed thing that Max was going there. Mm. Um, and like was, was feeling like, oh, it would be fun to go to a space that is male. Yeah. In this like very oh, interesting way. They walk in and the, I don't remember exactly what song is playing, but it's like really upbeat and fun and they start dancing and I, it's so cute. Like Jenny's like yeah. so full of joy and Max seems really happy. It's like the happiest scene in the whole episode i think i loved yeah. it yeah it's really nice and it's nice that everyone's like really accepting yeah that, like no one's like lesbians get out of here yeah they're yeah. just like they're like sure come yeah. on in it's right. really it's really nice it's cute that's not always what happens Mm-mm. even it, in maybe it's maybe it's worse in la maybe yeah. that's the thing maybe it's better in i think small it's better town. in small towns because yeah. they're like, like all, this is all we got yeah, yeah. everyone just which is like, I mean, with each other we don't have a lesbian bar I here mean, either so you think that the cis gay men of los angeles would be more accepting of us but I think that, I mean, that was true even in like Ann Arbor, you know, like yeah. any where there's where it's just a lot more mixed boys and girls. Yeah. I think. Or maybe the like cis gay men just don't like me because I'm shouting at them. <laughs> I'm not a faggot. I'm a thank you asshole. That could be that yeah. could be part of the problem. Yeah. Um. So anyway, I love that. I don't know why Jenny's still wearing that outfit, but it's fine. Yeah. Um. So then we cut back to Shenny's and. Carmen is telling Shane that everyone in her family loved her. And Shane's like, I wonder how much they'd love me if they knew I was fucking their daughter. And then Carmen says, I wonder who's going to be doing the fucking tonight. You looked pretty girly in that dress because that's how you decide who's going to do the fucking is who's the girliest, right? Yes, always. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. exactly how. So if that's not what your relationship is like for all of you listening at home, like look into that and fix it. Carmen is judging you. Carmen is judging you. And then we have the scene. Yeah. Do you want to talk about it? Sure. I mean, you you can start. So, um, so then we have this legendary scene in which Sarah Shahi, who has a, I would say, a nice body to look at. It's okay. It's okay. Yeah. It's and and is a pretty good dancer. Uh, takes off her dress and is wearing a full like lingerie garters set situation. Mm-hmm. Behind her, Shane is wearing a white tank top with no bra. And like boy briefs yeah, and, and smoking. And it's see-through. And it's see-through. It's even like even more see-through than her other tank tops. Yeah. Which I realized when we were like ranking, ranking all the sex, the sex scenes, I was like, oh, wow. Like this is like normal, like a normal thing Shane would be wearing. But yeah. like they pointedly were like, mm-hmm. we're getting this tank top. Yeah. I appreciate it. Uh, I uh, I have no objection to this scene. Yeah. Um, it is very, uh, it's nice on the eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, they are sexual towards one another in a way that is suggestive of like a lesbian sexual relationship. <laughs> um, uh, I believe that probably most people would think, think about this uh, a lot when they've, if they've seen it, they might think about it again after seeing it like, and think like, I want to see it again. Yeah. Like think about it like once, once a month, once a week. Yeah. Once a week or so they might think about it or, um, I mean enough people probably Google like Shane Carmen lap dance. It's not a lap dance, but I think that's, that's 
Yeah. You know, people, people know what that is. Yeah. Is this, I don't remember where you put this. Is this like for you, one of the best sex scenes? Like, no, it, cause they don't actually have sex. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. <laughs> My, the sex scenes that I consider the best are ones where we this consummated. I like to see the full, yes. you know, and I extra points if everyone's naked, which I don't think ever happens with Shane and Carmen. I do. I like, I really love their first sex scene. Yeah. Like the, I don't know, like it, there just like is a lot. And then she answers the fucking phone. Oh yeah. Answering the phone is completely <laughs> so then, bananas. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So like, it is wild. So then the phone rings. Yeah. And she's in the middle of this, like also so they have a landline <laughs> and it's like, so they they wanted to have Jenny talk to them. Yeah. I just would have rather finished the scene. Uh-huh. And then like maybe they wake up who they want and maybe they wanted like them on the truck or whatever. But I don't know. Like have them do the whole sex scene and then like be in bed. Yeah. Right. Oh my God. Look at me rewriting yeah. the hour to be better. <laughs> yeah. So like they they have sex. We watch well, the whole thing. Like, oh, you thought that yeah, there's a lot of scenes that would be a lot better if it, they just finished having sex. Yeah, if they yeah. had full sex. Because yeah. there, all these there's so many times when people are talking and saying things to each other and like they're really bad things that so people shouldn't be saying them. And it would be much better if they were just like having sex. I can think of like, I can think of very few times that yeah. like I've been having sex and then been like, like, and, we're, and it's stopped. But I can think of a lot of times <laughs> on the L word where it's happened. Right. I, I did the numbers for our, for the like sex scenes ranked thing. And second only, like the recurring themes of sex scenes in the L word, um, one of them is being interrupted. Which, like, okay, it makes sense when they're having sex in public. Like, sure. Okay. But it, 19 times. It makes no sense when it's at home. Right. It makes no sense when it's like your roommate who will soon be your girlfriend opens yeah. the door while you're straddling your current girlfriend on the yeah. toilet. Like, yeah. why would anyone open the door? Like, no. it's just like, it's like the amount of times. Why that, would they run out of gas on the road? They right? would never run out no, of gas. It makes they're no constantly sense. interrupted. It's so frustrating. It's so frustrating. And this is why every lesbian has blue balls, just like Max. <laughs> All of them. It's brutal. It's brutal. Well, okay. So then Jenny. So they, and, and, and Shane's like, don't answer the phone. Don't answer. And Carmen's like, what if it's an emergency? What? What emergency? There's no emergencies no that emergency. are more important. Nothing is more important to lesbian culture or to this relationship. They continue to have sexual relations. But Jenny calls. Jenny calls. It's Jenny. It's Jenny. Jenny is uh, on the road, they're sleeping in the back of a truck. I'm very worried for them at this <laughs> at this point. They're just sleeping under the stars in the back of their truck. Who knows where? Sort of cute. Yeah, it's cute. It's cute. And Jenny is just giving them an update. Carmen's like, "Are you okay?" And as soon as Jenny says yes, Carmen should be like, "All right, I'll talk to you later. I'm gonna do the I'm gonna have butt sex or whatever they're gonna do. I'm gonna fuck my girlfriend because she's girlier than me." So yeah, Jenny says that she's on her way and that she's there. And she says she says that she's with someone. And um, Carmen is like, oh, my God, is that your girlfriend? And Jenny's like, I don't know. Are you my girlfriend? And I guess Max says he doesn't know. Max shrugs. Yeah. Which I'm like, yeah, I too would shrug <laughs> in that moment after you have multiple times. Like, but, first, like, but like this, now you want to have this conversation? <laughs> well, yeah, I wanted you to have it in the hotel. I wanted to have it on the road. And now, because Carmen asked, now suddenly you're ready to talk and about And honestly, her. good for Max for shrugging yeah. and not being like, yes. <laughs> Max is just like, I don't know, bitch. Like, maybe. <laughs> and Jenny's like, we're still figuring it out. Because yeah. they just had a great time at Bear Night, you know? They're high yeah. on the Bear Night fumes, and I don't blame yeah. them. Which it is like it. I don't know. Like Jenny just is so Jenny, and like there are times where it's like endearing, and this yeah. moment endeared me. Where yeah, it was, it was just endearing. like where she's just. It's just like of course she would do that. Where she'd be <laughs> like, "Oh, it's cute because I'm putting on a show for yeah. like what a thing to do with like Carmen and Shane and like yeah. my history with them to then turn to this like person who they don't know who this yeah. person is to be like, 
oh, are you my, like where it's like, yeah. oh, I'm casual. I don't need this person to be my girlfriend. I'm not like clingy or having a rebound or whatever. <laughs> like I just like, oh, are you like hot person? Like yeah. my girlfriend? I don't know. It's sort of cute and it's annoying, but it in, is in cute. a cute way. Yeah. Or more cute than um, interrupting a sexual experience for, for to answer the landline phone. Yes. Um, also, here's another thing. If it was an emergency, I think that the person would call a second time. Yes. So you should at least just let it ring through the first time. And it's the landline. You probably have voicemail set up. Just tips for those of you at home who might be in a similar situation <laughs> as Shane and Carmen were in this evening, in which case also congratulations. Then we go to the talk <clears throat> uh, where a white man, I could barely breathe during the scene. I was so upset. I wrote, I like was, I was like right, trying to write down like what he was saying. And honestly, I wrote down like one line and I was like, I should rewind. And I was like, I don't have it in me. So I, <laughs> yeah, I wrote, he's the only about thing his I, desires being too small or something. I said, I wrote down, if you get too close, it's pornography. If you distance yourself, it's criticism. Uh huh. <laughs> Which again, like this, this speech, like we should take into account, like the speech was written by the queer woman who wrote yeah. the episode. Yeah. So I was like, was anything interesting that was like, if you get too close to pornography, if you distance yourself as criticism about your desires, I don't, I don't know. Is that interesting? No, <laughs> I don't think so. Um, I, but I was wondering if you wanted to hear his bio, um, which we got a, a shot of earlier in the episode when she was looking at the pamphlet. Yes. Please. Like here, okay. Mark Epstein, MD. Also, by the way, this is one of six marks on this show. <laughs> Mark Epstein, MD, is a psychiatrist in private practice in New York City and the author of a number of books about the interface of Buddhism and psychotherapy, including Thoughts Without a Thinker, Going to Pieces Without Falling Apart, that's my favorite of his works, um, and his recently published Open to Desire, which explores desire as a subject of meditative awareness. He received his undergraduate and medical degrees from Harvard University and is currently clinical assistant professor in the postdoctorate program in psychotherapy and analysis at New York University, which is where you went to school. It is where I went to school. So you probably ran into him. Yeah. Um, Epstein offers a novel reinterpretation of the teachings of the Buddha and Freud about desire. The psychiatrist says desire is a human longing that offers a path towards enlightenment. Like leave it to Mark Epstein, MD, to think he's the first person to <laughs> like associate desire and enlightenment. But do you know what I want to talk about more than Mark Epstein? Literally anything. Is how stunning <laughs> Bette looks. I know. She has her hair awful, up and she has really great lip gloss. Like Jennifer Beals. Yeah. Is, it's not like a great. She's open to desire. It's not a great sure. episode for thirsting after Bette, but I feel like in this moment I can yeah. like throw a little bit in there of she's just like, you know, she's great. I it's also it. great for the whoever was in charge. What's the person who is in charge of the visuals? Anyway, they didn't have to worry about covering up Bet's stomach because they were, she was sitting in a row behind other people. Yeah. The way he talked was annoying also. Yeah. Everything. My only note here is I started I started a quote of his and then I lost interest. <laughs> say, I, did, I finished a quote. I wrote, it's not it. desire. That's the problem. And then I just stopped. And then I wrote art slash desire slash meditation. It doesn't matter. <laughs> um, I, but okay, this doesn't necessarily need to be included, but I think a lot about how Jennifer Beals has only in real life. I mean, I don't know this for sure. Uh -huh. Obviously, we're not close, but um, I'd say we're more acquaintances than friends. Yeah, um, for, that like yeah. in real life, we're more exes than friends. Me and oh, Jennifer, wow, yeah. wow. Yeah. Like she's had sex with straight men, right? Or bi men, or whatever. But like, like I don't know for sure. But isn't like I just like sometimes watch the L word and just like look at Jennifer Beals and I'm just like. God, it feels like it feels like like men don't deserve you, and it's like yeah. really unfortunate, you know. But I, I mean, know. I'm sure she's tried. I've 
I feel that way about most women, though. That's fair. But Jennifer Beals is like so special. Yeah, that's true. She's and she's really such a good lesbian. Yeah, she is. She's really good at it. And that's she's really good in her sex scenes, even though she won't take a bra. Yeah. Which is I respect. So anyway, Beth's going to like come in her pants over this ridiculous talk. Um, Then we. Oh. And that's it. That's the episode. <laughs> <laughs> so hmm, we go back to. Oh, I don't know. I don't know where we are. Someone, first of all, they're playing a song I really like. Naked, I think it's called. I forget who it's by, but I love the song. I listen. The season three soundtrack is great. Like I listen to all of these songs all the time because I was very heavy. This is when I was really getting deep into this whole, all these shenanigans. You know, I was at the height of my own personal shenanigans. So uh, someone's in a chat room. Um, someone who I believe is called Lindsay 76. Lindsay 76. Is in a chat room. A chat room for what? The 80s? Talking to daddy of two and daddy of two is interested in it appears cyber sexual encounters mm -hmm. Lindsay 76 insists that she thinks this was a, a chat room for parents oh i didn't catch that i thought it was like for friends like it was like it was like it says something about like being like it was definitely like not sexual but i didn't think yeah. it was like for pa parents oh. specifically or it's just, yeah maybe it was a place for friends like she's like i thought this was like face what's oh myspace a place for friends <laughs> Who knows? Who knows what weird wormhole? But it's a we're sex thing, obviously. Yeah. Like I didn't remember their conversation being this weird, though. Like I thought weird. from the very beginning that like Lindsay seventy six was interested was in like, having no. cyber sex. No, no, like he pushes. Yeah, Daddy of Two just will not let up. He wants this to be fucking. Wants this to be about fucking. And then finally, Lindsay seventy six is like, yes. I period. Want, pause. <laughs> I, I want, want you, you to, to fuck, fuck me. me. Whew. And then we scroll down to the person behind this compelling dialogue. And it's Ms. it's Canard. Tina. <laughs> it's Miss Kennard. <laughs> She's biting her lip. She's got it's late at night, a lit by the glow of the computer screen. Tina is going to have cyber sex. <laughs> I, too. Yeah. I feel this way about a lot of the trans stuff also where you're yeah. like, oh, well, the people who are making the show were in queer community and you can't yeah. be in queer community without being around people who are bisexual and pansexual, yeah. around, around people who are trans. Like, it's just, it just happens. Like, yeah. it, even like, even for people who are like trying to like be close-minded and whatever, mm -hmm. like, it, it's hard to do that. Yeah. Um. So they like keep having these storylines because it reflects a skewed version of their life, but they're like not good at it because of the biphobia. Yeah. And so it's, I mean, I don't know. I guess you'll get into this at a later time. I'm also, I don't know. Do you I think that Tina was born in 1976 and that's why it's Lindsay 76? Oh, interesting. Or do you think she's a fan of the 76ers? <laughs> or do you think she likes the U.S. Constitution? All great guesses. Do you think she's a fan of the Revolutionary War? It's weird because they know, they put Ben and Tina back together, partially in response to the Ben and Tina fandom. And then they immediately use Tina's bisexuality as a reason for breaking them up again almost immediately. And that to me felt a little like a lot of the storylines that they have done with people from who are like outside of the cis lesbian mold where they, I think without, I don't think it's conscious that they made these choices consciously, but they, they often are really putting people in um, positions that uh, portray like bisexuality or being trans is more of like a, it's like a weapon or an obstacle or a, like a, a shitty thing, you know, yeah, For sure, it's rarely like empowering in any way or, or like even just handled with care. Yeah. Maybe she just wants 
to be able to call someone daddy. And that's why she was at daddy of two. That would be fine with that. I know. I feel like that'd be fine with that too. Well, I mean, when she's not being called mama B anyway. (laughs) So in conclusion, yes. Um, that, so that's the episode. Yeah, that's it. It's all over now. That was so, um, did you like it? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a good episode. I think there's a lot in this episode and I think there's enough in this episode that I like to say that I, I do like this episode. Fair. Do you not? Um, I liked parts of it. Yeah. It wasn't like last week was so bad. Yeah. And so this week I most, I mostly liked most of it. Yeah. I, I mean, it does, it does have like that scene, that Shane and Harmon scene in it. That's like, wow. I had a lot of people, like my friend got me a drawing of, um, like a illustration that was just like the bottom of a dress with like the ratty converse shoes, like as a gift for me, because it, after we saw that scene and cause it like reminded her of me and how I handle formal wear. Yeah. I mean, I think a, so lot, I have a lot of, of feelings about that. I think like a lot of God, not it does have where dyke were not dykes or we're not faggots were dykes. It, it, I mean, I think that like my feelings about most of the show post season two, yeah, maybe, like is that there's not really an episode that doesn't have something that I find like mm-hmm. morally questionable yeah. or just like have representation. I mean, the first two seasons also have stuff too. So like, yeah. it's a, but I feel like more so maybe. No, my favorite episode. In, there's a few season four episodes that I really love. I love. I think season five is really good. There's there is stuff, but I just like this period of time. Mm-hmm. I feel like even the good stuff has. I feel like you've talked about this. Mm-hmm. Like has like stuff that isn't great. So like I remember liking this episode a lot yeah. and. Even when you first asked me that, I was like, yeah, it has this, 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 and this. And then I was like thinking of our conversation yeah. we literally just had and thinking about a lot of other things. So I would say it's like has some really good stuff and has some really not good stuff. Yeah. I love that Billy Blakey is introduced in this episode. Yeah. But he says tranny. So, you know, it's like that sort of sums yeah. it up. And he also holds up a thing of condoms and says he's going to go to a little league game. You <laughs> not know? great. Not great. Um, no. my God, Alan Cumming. Yeah. And I think like from the perspective of like looking back on the show, it's it's all interesting i think it's like an interesting episode to revisit and talk about there's yeah. like a lot of stuff like both good and bad that like i think highlights a lot of what was good and bad about the l word yeah. so it's like certainly not a boring episode yeah that's true i give it that is there anything that we saw differently from the first time watching the episode the man like i think i'd probably did not click at all that like it would be weird for bet to go see a man talk about desire the first time I saw that, saw it, I was like, oh, this checks out. And this time I was like, I could not even sit still. I was so horrified. Yeah. Like, I, I definitely did not feel that way the first time. Um, I think I was, I really, some things that say the same is that I think that um, Alice with cute in her glasses mm-hmm. and her t-shirt. So anyway, thank you, Drew, for um, coming and subbing for Carly today. I really appreciate it. Yeah, of course. Do you have anything that you're working on or anything you want to plug or tell us your social medias or anything like that? Um, My social media is draw underscore Gregory, D-R-A-W underscore Gregory on Twitter and Instagram. Wow, Twitter and Instagram. I know, both. Um, And then, yeah, I like, I just... um, finished writing a series for Halloween on Autostraddle called Monsters and Mommies. And um, I wrote five different essays about queer horror movies. And um, yeah, you can check those out. The last one's about good manners. And I am particularly proud of it. So, you know, if you want to check that out, you can. And you should. And our socials are to Ellen Back on Twitter and Instagram. You can also email us at to ellenbackcast at gmail.com. Our hotline number is 971-217-6130. Our theme song is done by the amazing B. Sedwell. 
Our logo is done by the amazing Kara Sykes. And Lauren Karen Klein is our producer and editor. And also, I am on social media as AutoWin. And I also have a website. It's called Autostraddle. Maybe you've heard of it. Drew just did a really great essay series on it that you should probably check out because I just told you to. And so did Drew. And um, that's all. That's all I have to say about this. Are we going to say L words? We are going to say our L words. I, once again, did not prepare. Well. But, which is weird. I'm usually very overprepared. <laughs> but with this one little thing. Okay. One, two, three. Lindsay Lashes. 76. That's Tina's. That's Tina, you guys. Yes. Lindsay 76 is Tina. It is Tina. Uh, if we were doing the D word, we could have said daddy of two. But we're not. <laughs> Last of all, I would like to thank so much, Yvonne and Gloria, for lending your thoughts and talents to this podcast episode. Follow us. Well, follow me on Twitter at Yvonne SM12. And on Instagram at Queer Tejana. And see lots of pictures of me and Maria because that's what I just post about, basically. We post about some other things, but yes. Yes. Yeah. Maybe I'll see you on Instagram, too. Zuri Juan. Yeah. So. Bye. And I hope that everybody at home um, stays as Mark Epstein would like you to stay, which is open to desire. Mark Epstein, MD. So put that on your clipboard. Bye. Topping, laughing, moving, fisting, biting, fucking, crying, drinking, squirting, judging, ranting, camping, riding, thinking, scheming. This is the way. It's the way.